Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This week we are doing an album review for an album that is very, very loved by Iron Maiden fans, celebrating its 40th anniversary today. Peace of mind. And to do that with me, first off, in Perth, Australia, I have the administrator, the translator, and historian historian of the podcast i have kirsty prince kirsty how are you hi i'm fine thank you how are you i'm doing good thank you for your help by the way <laughs> i keep no needing it <laughs> every time <laughs> yeah and also with me on the phone i have the flip-flop thong horseshite guru matthew in the kingdom baby in the kingdom, baby. <laughs> Uncle Steve. <laughs> hello, special K. Hey. Oh, hello, Guru. Ah. Uh, How are we? The 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 resident rude person, Matthew. Are we gonna <laughs> sing happy birthday to Pom? No, no. Kirsty, okay. go ahead. Just checking. What? Here, Kirsty, I'll give you the music, you sing it. Ba na 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 na. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Faded away very dis, uh, disgruntledly. So, yes, today is the anniversary of Peace of Mind. 40 years to the day. So, so Kirsty, first with you. When do you really remember first hearing Peace of Mind? Well, I, I know exactly because um, it was... 1987 which was the year i got into iron maiden mm -hmm. so i first heard the trooper in june um after i bought a compilation album for my dad for father's day oh, nice. and that was what made me buy live after death and so there's four songs for peace of mind on that mm -hmm. and then for that christmas so six months later i got peace of mind and spent all day listening to the Peace of mind when I was supposed to be hanging out with my family. Ignoring your family, yes. I was Ignoring hoping you were going to mention my that. my family, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And um, getting to know the other five songs. There you go. There you go. And what about you, Matthew? Well, the first song I heard off that was The Trooper. And I, I'm not going to say I thought it was garbage, but I thought, who would listen to this? Mm -hmm. little, On the school bus, right? That I know that years later, no, but I remember the I remember the day that I bought this. I bought this. Um, it was a hot summer's day in Perth <laughs> back in the summer of oh, what would that have been? 80, 88, maybe summer of eighty eight. Mm -hmm. And I bought it down at Morley Markets on cassette with um, Power Slave. I bought the two tapes on the same day. Ah. and I'll leave it at that for now. Okay, okay. Because I had different thoughts on both albums. Sure, And sure. just to let you know, I have been to Morley Markets. Oh, you have? Oh, mm. I'm just not too far from where you live. Yeah, they don't really sell cassettes anymore. It's terrible. No, there used to be a little record shop there that's probably been gone for years now. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, for me, uh, obviously the first song I heard was Flight of Icarus, and it immediately opened my mind to the world of Iron Maiden because I realized that they were something that wasn't going to be too heavy. It was very accessible. 
Uh, I also like Kersey. I got Live After Death. Heard the songs on there. And I don't, like you two guys, I don't remember exactly getting it. But I know that I was just kind of that string of start getting everything and getting, you know, all the things. So, and I remember having it and I remember having thoughts about it back then. And we might mention those here in just a little bit. So, um, but yes, if, if you're struggling with math, uh, on the 16th of May in 1983, 40 years ago to the day, also one thing very, the, this is the last band change that the band had for a, you know, almost, what'd you say? Almost a deck for about a decade. Really? They had the stable lineup on this album. They had new drummer, Nico McBrain. Well, for yeah, six years or so anyway. What was 83 to 90? Oh, that's right. Cause Adrian, Adrian left. I'm, I was thinking Bruce. I'm sorry. Yeah. Adrian. How could you forget? Well, I'm not the Adrian uh, guru here, but yeah, I should have remembered that. <laughs> I just, I was thinking about Bruce. I'm think, thinking about when he okay. left. So, but yeah, so this is the beginning of the, the, what people refer to as not the beginning of, but I guess the classic era lineup, the definitive classic era lineup. I guess that's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. And, um, the album came out, they toured insanely heavily on it. They were, I believe this is the first tour where they kind of started out. They, I think from, from this tour on, they've pretty much been a headlining band. They really didn't do any opening after this. I don't believe. Except for when they opened for Guns N' Roses here in a few months in the United States, mm. which is kind of, uh, which I don't think it's really opening. I think they're both doing headlining sets. But either way. So I figure we will do what we always do here. We're not going to give you too many um, boring facts. You can get those on other great Iron Maiden podcasts. And they're really not boring facts. It's just you've heard them probably on Talking Maiden or even Maiden Voyagers. But. Are they facts of the fatigued? Perhaps they've been heard so often. Uh, some of it could be, but you know what we like to say here, Matthew, is that <laughs> we're we are fans. We're not we're experts. experts. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna go through talk about all the songs. Uh, I might pull the lyrics up, read some lyrics, and at the end of this thing, we will rank these songs in order from least best or worst to best. So Do you mean council order? Council's order. Absolutely. We follow council's order as I mean, if you get in trouble. Yeah. We don't want to end up at the bottom of the sea wearing uh what do they call it? Um cement shoes. <laughs> cement booties. Yeah. Cement boots, if you will. Because we'll be in trouble with the counselor, but yeah. once we're in trouble you know who handles it then, don't you? The official detention teacher? Exactly. <laughs> we we don't want to be at the bottom of the sea wearing our cement boots. We don't want to die with our boots on, if you will. So, no. Yeah, so. So anyway, let's get started here. We will go into uh, the first song on this album, uh, which is Where Eagles Dare.
Kirsty, tell yes. us about where eagles dare. Oh, well, there can't be anyone who doesn't love those opening drums. Yes. Um, which is a really good introduction to Nico, who's new on the album, as you said. And actually, the drums throughout this song are such a massive part of it. And the way they interact with the bass is awesome. Uh, there's a brilliant heavy opening riff. Um, if I have to nitpick, and that's something we do here, uh-huh. I'd say there's more words than time to sing them in the verses. But Bruce handles this really well, and maybe the rapid-fire lyrics give a feeling of urgency because they've got, you know, they've got to get this mission. Um, it, it makes it hard to catch the lyrics, but as we've read, and you'll probably tell us, they mm. tell a wartime story based on the movie and novel of the same name, mm-hmm. which is uh, the sort of thing we like Maiden to sing about. The chorus is pretty good, and Bruce is excellent at belting it out. Mm-hmm. In the instrumental, we get the riff quite a few times, so it's four times before and four times after the solos, which is okay, it's a good riff, but if it had been twice either side, it would have kept the energy going a bit. And there's a really atmospheric solo from Dave, complete with a machine gun fire, and that really paints a lovely picture, and there's some really nice dual guitar harmonies. And there's um, a little new section after the main riff, feels like it adds some tension. And the last note from Bruce is incredible. Great ending. Great song. So if I had to just criticize it, it's very little bit too long. Hmm, too okay. many words per verse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Matthew? I wonder if Bruce needed a teleprompter on this, trying to remember all the words and spit these out mm. as far as as fast as what he does. Because they're not indecipherable, but I can just never remember them. I know it's called Where Eagles Dare because I can understand him saying that for the rest of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, but no, like uh, Kirsty was saying, I like the guitar, the main riff during this. And part of it, I don't know if it's just because I know from listening to part of the lyrics, I'm reading part of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but that da 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 da. I like the way the. It seems like the guitar sounds falling away at the end. Da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. da And it just reminds me of snow falling down a mountain. I don't know why. Oh, cool. Because they touch on That's snow. That's so cool. But it just makes me think of that. Always did. Um, yeah, there's some good harmonies in this as well. The solos on this, I just think they're solid, but they're not outstanding compared to some of the others on the album. Yeah. But they're not weak or anything by any stretch. They're not just – they're not any of my favorites within this song. And then, like uh, Kirsty was saying, yeah, Nico came in with a big start on this, and I do like his drumming on the whole album, but I also respect – I know nothing about drumming, but listening to this, you can tell there's a lot going on with one foot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He's a busy boy, yeah, he's a busy boy right from the start on this one. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, y'all both mentioned the the drum intro, which is just, yeah, as, as a single, you know, I think the, the the story was that, you know, they wanted him, they gave him, hey, come up with something to open this song. And I, I, maybe Steve even gave him an idea of kind of what he wanted to do. And Nico was like, well, let me work on it, you know, because he, what he wanted to do, he wanted to also, you know, and Nico's like, I play with one pedal. And he was like, he came up with this really intricate thing. He, and he even says, I never thought, he's like, I won't be playing that ever again. And he <laughs> said that we opened the show every, every show with it. You that's know, that's the yeah, first thing first. you have to do is, yeah. You'd have to warm your leg up. Oh yeah, cold yeah. muscles on that. Oh, I know, I know. But in my opinion, I I, I definitely disagree with what Kirsty said about the length. 
because I, to me, this the music in this song is it's a musical masterpiece for me. I mean, it just everything about the music in this song is just is perfect. Uh, there's too many lyrics. You know, Bruce does have to sing too fast. To this day, I still don't know the lyrics. I'm going to read them in a minute because I started skimming them a little earlier, and I was like, I had no idea that's what the first or second line was. Um, one thing that I kind of forgot about on this album is how prominent, you know, we always know Steve Harris's bass is up in the mix, mm-hmm. but it's just um, like, it sounds especially up and awesome in every single song. So, I mean, it'll get said multiple times, but it was so mm-hmm. prominent how high it is in the mix and how much it adds, you know, you don't, sometimes as a, we're Maiden fans and we just kind of forget, we just, you're so used to it that you kind of forget how great what Steve does is and how different it is from just listening to any other band out there. That's um, funny. You, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny that you say that. I hadn't thought about it, but it, it makes me think about, I'd read something. This was his favorite album at one point. Now I don't know when that was, Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that explains why the bass is so high up in the mix too. It does. I mean, it does have a different, I mean, every, all these albums have a, you know, like this doesn't sound the same uh, sonically, I guess would be the word as number of the beast does, or as power slave does, or as somewhere in time or as a seventh son. And, um, but, but yeah, I just, when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, there's the bass is just so either that, or maybe Steve was just like complete, like, like this was, he was just like, at his peak, he had reached, I mean, I don't know if you can reach much more of a peak than he was on the last album, but I mean, he, he's still having peaks here. But either way, his bass sounds awesome, like the drums throughout this song. And today I was really listening hard and just kind of really listening to all, everything Nico's do. And, and I was just like, man, he, the drums sonically sound incredible. Like just, you know, all the drum fills. This, this, playing this song has got to be a drummer's dream because it's just, you're just, they're not like saying, Hey, can you, can you tone it down a little bit? Like they're like, dude, tone it up as much as you want. You know, we're showing you off and it's just amazing. Like I know, I know as an air drummer, I'm really good at it. And it's just so much fun to air drum, you know, like that one part, bump to get it done, to get to get done, to get to get to get to get done. Oh, it's just, oh, I love it. Um, there's a, that, that musical section that they go into after the verses, where it just kind of goes on and on, and they they kind of wind into the solos. The it starts with that dual lead solo, which is awesome. Uh, I I I, I kind of um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> someone just texted me that's on the phone with me, <laughs> throwing me off. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to read. Sorry, it just popped. It popped up on my. It popped up on my screen. I'm sorry. So um, <laughs> sorry. Um. But yeah, that musical <laughs> is just really, you know, the only other part I'm talking about where they're just like, well, no, 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 no. And then it, you know, goes mm. into the guitar slows and then that goes on that dun, 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 But I, I love that stop and that quick stop and start that, that I was just doing there. I love that in the song. It's just very, it's, it kind of creates tension. And um, this is, this is going to be a, probably a controversial statement that, some people won't like, but I think this song is a musical masterpiece. And personally, as I was listening today, I thought I would like this song just as much if it was an instrumental. 
Ooh, that's an interesting take. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's um, overly controversial. Okay, okay. You know, just saying. I mean, it's not. I, I, I don't hate what Bruce does by any means, but you know, it's just he the, he performs it extremely well. Sure, sure. He's given, but like musically, it's just such an amazing song. So, but here's so let's go into these lyrics really fast. I, I won't read them as fast as Bruce, but and I'll read t- all of them. I'll tell you what I don't know. How about that? It's snowing yeah. outside. I knew that part. The rumbling sound. I knew that part. Of engines roar in the night. I really wasn't sure about that one. The mission is near. The confident men are waiting to drop from the sky. I had no idea that was that line. The blizzard goes on, but still they must fly. No one should go where eagles dare. I did know those two. Bavarian Alps. I knew that line, that part. That lay all around. They seem to stare from below. I heard the from below. The enemy lines. I heard that. A long time past are lying deep in the snow. I kind of heard that one. Uh, the next line we know, into the night, they fall from the sky, fall through the sky. Uh, let's see. They're closing in. The fortress is near. It's standing high in the sky. I kind of knew that. The, this is the next line. I had no idea. I read this a while back, and I was like, I had no idea this was even a line in the song. The cable car is the only way in. It's really impossible to climb. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, the panicking cries, the roaring of guns are echoing all around all around the valley. The mission complete, they make to escape away from the eagle's nest. I remember eagle's nest. Yeah, there's. I literally knew none of these lyrics. Like I, To this day, if I've listened to it, I'm never going to know these lyrics. It's just, but but uh, I like this song. I think, like I said, it's a musical masterpiece. Nico's drumming is incredible. The guitars are great. Everything's good. I mean, Bruce is great in this song, too. It's just there's way too many lyrics and he's having to rifle them too fast. You know, when he sings into the night, they fall from the sky. You know, no one should fly where he goes there. He sounds great on that, but it's, it's just very the, demanding. It, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. So that leads us to track number two. I just thought about something interesting. Sorry. Track number two, which is Revelations. It's called Revelations. This one.
So Kirsty. It's um it's got a really simple intro, but effective. And the main riff comes in really slow and heavy, and only once or twice before Bruce starts singing an actual hymn. Mm. At God of Alt, Earth and Altar. I love this. It's incredible what he did with it. Mm. And after that, there's that part that needs the three guitars. So you'll see Bruce playing one of the guitars. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful harmonies from Dave and Adrian with the arpeggios underneath. And the bass line melody is just perfect. Mm-hmm. And next we've got um, a verse, of course, written by Bruce. That's a powerful, beautiful performance. I never had any idea what this was about. But I know you know all the lyrics for this one, Steve, because these are really clear. They're slow, um, yeah. The lyrics sounded really good even though i had not a clue i think you know now if you look at the chemical wedding and stuff you can see some um, alistair crowley related now the bits sound like sometimes they sound kind of slow and plodding to me and sometimes they sound perfect but mm-hmm. i feel like i expect the crowd to mm-hmm. leap in in the gaps so it works really well live um that turns up again on bruce's solo album dark when he does Dark Side of Aquarius mm-hmm. on Accident Birth, and he sings Wheel of Dharma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. I really like the bit when Bruce says go. Mm. Um, you just need that to be there. <laughs> and I was glad when I, when I saw the Iron Maidens the other week, she did that. Oh, cool. And there's really nice solos. On Peace of Mind, I find that the two guitars, Cars have more of a similar sound to each other than on some of the other albums. Mm-hmm. And I can still separate the two, but it's not as easy. And um, the beautiful Jill guitar harmonies. And um, then we get the third verse of Oh God of Earth and Altar, but slightly altered lyrics. And I love the little bass line in Bruce's voice right at the end. And then I always shout a certain word in my head at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Nico. Just like Nico, yeah. Yeah. Christo. Christo. What about you, Matthew? Yeah, I love the lyrics in this, especially. Um, was it the eyes of denial opening? You'll see. Los Angeles, can you feel it? Mm-hmm. She came to me with a serpent's <laughs> kiss as the eye of the sun rose on her lips. No, beautiful, beautiful lyrics in this. And Bruce is, oh, he's outstanding in this. But this was a song, I used to think of it as a song in two halves, where I was like, ah. Like you mentioned, Kirsty, sometimes it kind of plods along, but the second half of this is always like on fire for me. Um, but I prefer, every time I think of this song, I think of the live after death version. But mm-hmm. even so, even with the slower pace of this on the album, I still enjoy it. Like the just how crisp the guitars sound in this, the harmonies that you're talking about, and both of these solos, well, I think these are incredible solos. And I'm usually more of an Adrian person. But on this, ooh, I think maybe, I don't know if Dave might get ahead a little, maybe just the nose in front, but I love that little pinch harmonic that Adrian's mm. got at the start of his as well. Um, now, this is a great song, and I, but I do wonder, so every time they played this live and Bruce was out there, well, I was going to say playing guitar, he was doing something with it, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if he was plugged in in the studio playing this. No, no they would have just played it. 
Yeah. It, would, it wouldn't have been him anyway. I just, I just wondered why they went through that anyway. Because I remember when I was just a kid watching Live After Death, thinking, what is it that he's playing? Because I don't hear him playing He's playing the arpeggios at the bottom. You can hear. You can In Live hear After it. Death? It's, a bit, it's very quiet. Oh, okay. <laughs> very quiet, Matt. So yeah. quiet you can't hear it. <laughs> you can hear it. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Bruce <laughs> told me. He told me that he wasn't plugged in any time he was playing this track. That's what I heard as well. Oh, he told you that too, did he? Yeah, he told me as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word on the street. Mm, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is a this is a great, great track. Yeah, to me, it's 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 reminiscent a little bit of, and uh, not that not that Where Eagles Dare is as good as Invaders, but it's a, very similar to the one two punch from the last album, because mm-hmm. Revelations is the you know. Mm-hmm. Where, Invaders is the the banger that starts off the album and then it goes into a nice softer song, which builds up and gets fast and then gets soft again. Uh, reminds me of Remember Tomorrow a bit as well as Children of the Damned, you know, because it has that same formula, which is a great formula, by the way, uh, even though written by different people. Um, but yeah, the musical shift from the first song, you know, Where Eagles Dare is just, I mean, it out the gate, just it doesn't let up. And then this one, you know, kind of starts out, you know, simple and like, yeah, I never, I, anytime I listen to this song, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I can't listen to this song and not have that in there. It's just, you know, and it's like, I was listening, I was in the car, me and my wife were going somewhere earlier and that part came up and I, like he said it, you know, he, you know, she came to me with the service because I was in the and or no, it was a, the part where he's like, he says whatever he, and he's, and I was just driving and I'm going, Los Angeles, can you feel it? <laughs> you know, just, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel right for it to not be in there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I know, just, and, and the cheers, you need the cheers in the gaps. You need everything like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, if you're not hearing it, you can still hear it in your head every time yeah. you play it on the studio album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the dual lead lines that come in after the first set of verses are great. The bass, again, sounds awesome. And what I really like is... Um, there's a part, you know, where after all that, where the, it gets fast and everything. It's like, da-na-na, da-na-na, da-na, da-na-na. And, it, and it, it gets back to that part where it's like, da-na-na-na-na-na-na. And it, I just wrote, the the music is just like so dreamy. You know, I guess that's the only word I can really come up with. Mm. And it's just, it's perfect. Mm. You know, it's, 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 I think that's where he sings, uh, she came to me with the serpent's kiss and all that stuff. But um, the lyrics are real poetic, obviously. And, you know, he, some of them were written, you know, for him. But, um, and this is the first song was a Steve Harris only, right? This is actually a Bruce solo, right? So, um, but yeah, you can't, you can't, I, I'm reading, I'm kind of skimming through my notes here, but I literally wrote Los Angeles. Can you feel it in my notes? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I wrote on here and Kirstie might know what I'm referring to. I wrote the Adrian solo in the second musical bit is very nice. And then, of course, the dual lines after the soloing is always I, I, every. There's not. There's almost no bad dual lead lines that they do on this album. So they're all pretty good. So uh, yeah, this is what's a, good is that there are lots of them because oh, I know. Sometimes I know. these days you don't get as many as you like. You get we. You never get as many as you really want these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, which seems which seems odd that you have an extra guitar player and you don't get those. It's kind of. I don't know. Yes. Don't know. Yeah. It feels like, I, I hate to say it like this sometimes, but sometimes it feels like Maiden has three guitar players, but doesn't really know how to 
make the best use of having three guitar players. Sometimes it feels that way. So, but with that said, maybe each of them can have a little bit of chill time because they're all old now. Yeah. One of them has some dance time and the other two. Yeah. (laughs) So the next song on this album, flight of Icarus. Kirsty, what do you think of this one? Oh, this is a great rocker. Uh, it's got a lot of more of a traditional structure than the last song. And it's got that mid-tempo chugging rhythm, which is fine by me. Don't need it to be faster. Um, there's a nice melodic bass. Um, it's a really cool story. The chorus is catchy. and I like the backing vocals personally and the bass line under it. Mm-hmm. I think Dave and Adrian's solos just flow so well together on this. They just fit perfectly. One of the best moments ever is when Bruce sings Fly and he holds it for ages and ages and ages and there's Mm -hmm. dual guitar harmonies going over that super long note, followed by another excellent solo by Dave. And it ends with an epic scream. So, yeah, yeah, good. Bit more more simple, straight, straight ahead and accessible, I guess, but... Still brilliant. Matthew? I do like this song, but I don't like the studio version of it. I think that it's too slow, and it's by design that it's too slow. And I've read before that Bruce has come out and said that previously, that this is deliberately paced so that they could get American airplay. And maybe that's why they didn't play it for so long, because Steve thought it was too slow. Mm -hmm. And I would would happen to agree, because once I know that you like... The, the studio version because we've talked about that mm-hmm. on calls plenty of times mm-hmm. whereas I much much prefer the version from Live After Death yeah uh, it, so if I was to only have heard it on Live After Death I think this is an absolute cracker I love the chorus I love Bruce's delivery his scream in this um, the guitar solos in this are cool mm-hmm. one thing I thought was interesting being that it's a, a Smith Dickinson credit that Dave got the last solo in towards the end, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a big deal. You know, whoever does what, I just thought it was interesting. I don't know if I can think of another example of where that's been the case. I, I yes, that's that, right. Usually if someone writes a song, they get the most solos. Yeah, it's just, just natural. Um, but no, it's it's a good track. I just much prefer this when it was done live and it had that quicker pace, but I can see what Bruce was trying to get at and it worked because they got radio play. I think it was in the low teens or something like that. If I remember correctly, I don't know, but I was going to say me, uh, my, my stepdaughter, so me being a good stepdad, uh, 
and introduced my stepdaughter to this track at an early age and it must have stuck with her because she's got a tattoo of Icarus and she oh, got cool. So that's just me being a good Is know. it just like It's not the Eddie the Iron Maiden um No 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 different Icarus. The Greek mythology um Yes looking Icarus. No, she didn't get the Eddie. But nah, it like, doesn't it doesn't count then. <laughs> no, you gotta read between the lines sometimes and I was like you know what? I gave her that. I'm trying to so read between the lies. Eddie's not, Eddie's not the Icarus. Icarus, like, Icarus is like the needy guy falling down that Eddie's just yeah. yes, wings true. with his light torch. <laughs> no, she didn't get that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, Good. Yeah, Kirsty pretty much said it. This song, It starts with a catchy riff. It's definitely a lot more accessible than... Uh, oh, I mean, I think Run to the Hills was pretty accessible as well, but... No, it, definitely. It, it's very, but this is even more accessible. Really, it's 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 accessible. It's short. Um, I wrote down. I definitely prefer the album version. <laughs> uh, I love the background, the the layered vocals in the chorus. That's uh, if maybe if the live version had the layered, great sounding chorus instead of a real bad sounding. I don't know. I don't know if that's Stephen Adrian. I'm not sure what that is in the background. A dead animal happening. I, I, I don't know what you listened to because yeah. I know it wasn't live after death. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> this, uh, you know, this is the first song I heard. But one day I picked my daughter up. I know I've told this before, and I was driving down the road, and I'm playing this song in the car, and immediately all of a sudden she she hears the she starts hearing the words. She goes, "Dad, we we watched a video about this at school today." I'm like, "What?" And she starts kind of explaining to me the story and what it was. And I, cause I was first thinking, surely they didn't watch this video, you know, where they're in the studio. And this is the one where he's in a vocal booth. <laughs> with Nico with the blue face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I, I just remember that it was so cool that she's hearing a song out of my radio by Iron Maiden that she learned about at school on the same day. It was just a very cool. It just kind of, it, it reminded, it made me feel like of when I, like, this is the first song I ever heard by Iron Maiden. It definitely wasn't the first song she heard by Iron Maiden, but it's probably the first one she remembers hearing. So I thought that's kind of cool. Um, I think on this on this song in particular, the verses are good. I think the pre-chorus is even better than the set of verses, and then I think the chorus is better than both of those. Like it's just it keep it's like he starts singing and it's good. The pre-chorus comes along, it gets better, and then it just kind of crescendos into that big chorus. It's just really really good. Uh, it's very. By Maiden standards, it's a very simple song. Um, I like the Dave and Adrian. I wrote down Dave and Adrian solos, and I wrote a question mark because I wasn't sure if it was Dave or not. Because usually it's very distinguishable when you're hearing Dave compared to Adrian, but they must have both been really, really good. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's less distinguishable on this album than on the other albums. Yeah. And like I said, you know, Bruce has that like, where he sings that fly and he holds it for like, about seven minutes or whatever it is. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, but the dual lead lines at the end of that, when he's holding that note, you know, down, 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 down. It's so good. So good. And yeah, you know, and then Bruce has the big scream at the end of the song and, and that's it. But man, it's a, it's, it's quick. It's a, it's a really, really good song. And I mean, without that song, I might have never listened to Iron Maiden. I mean, there might've been another one, but that's the one I heard. So 
it still it's it, it, it definitely without that song I might not be sitting here talking to you guys. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? You decide. <laughs> oh, I just I just wonder why it took them so long to bring this back into the live set too, though. If it was just the pacing of it, it just seems really strange. You had to wait. Know, almost 40 years to hear maybe it they again. heard what it sounded like on live after death and like what's the point <laughs> why do that live wow <laughs> there's a uh, maybe we need to do a we need to do a live we need to do a, rev- a review of live after death one day you know we need to do that yes yeah. we definitely do it might be the end of mine and matt's I'm friendship ready. <laughs> i played it like all day every day for about seven weeks the year i got it so i uh, so you're ready. I know it very well. <laughs> I used to go to bed listening to that every night. I used to have a, a cassette that would switch from side A to side B. Yeah, and that's, yeah. yeah you didn't have to get it out and turn it over. It automatically uh-huh. turned over. My parents yelling, turn it down, because they could hear the windows yeah. from where they were. Oh, okay, okay. I had headphones. I was yeah. going to sleep, though. <laughs> yeah. So so the next song we're going to do is, uh, I'm going to do this one first, actually. this is the I'm going to take this one first. Uh it's Die With Your Boots On. It's track number four. This would, this would have been the closing track on side one, correct? Because the trooper opened side two, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, okay. So Die With Your Boots On uh, starts off with a um, – it's got a real nice intro, you know, with the uh, the little dual lead line thing. Uh, we get up to the the verses. Uh, Bruce starts singing. I'm not a big fan of the melodies that he, that he chooses in these verses, uh, but I do think the lyrics are pretty cool. Uh, then we get to the pre-chorus of the song, which I wrote down is equally as unimpressive <laughs> as the verses. And then we get to the chorus, the gang vocals, uh, if you're going to die. In one way, I don't think they're they're not god-awful bad, but they're, they're bad. And then there's the bit where they're singing, because if you're going to die, and then you hear Bruce go, if you're going to die, which... <laughs> Like, I think that's 
just very, it even, it just makes the chorus weaker. And then when Bruce kind of sings the chorus, you know, if you're going to die, die with your boots. It's just, I hate to sound like I don't like the way Bruce sings. I just feel like he is just wailing way too much. And it just doesn't work for me on that chorus. Um, Now Steve's bass again, like is just so cool in this song. It's literally like a rhythm guitar in certain parts. Uh, It's really cool. Now this song here, this song was written by Adrian Smith, Steve Harris and Bruce Dickinson. So I'm trying to figure out, um, Bruce would have probably done the melodies in the song, right? You know, the vocal Not lines. Not necessarily. He might have just done the lyrics. Okay. Well, whoever did the melodies is responsible for this song not being any good, I don't think. Or not being <laughs> not being so good. Like, it's not a terrible yeah. song. Because, like, musically, it's it's really cool. I, um, and, the, and the title of the song, Die With Your Boots On Me, that's a really awesome title. Um, I think the music in the song is great. I think the guitar solos are really good. Um, it, but you figure Steve would have wrote the music. Bruce probably would have wrote melodies and or vote uh, lyrics. So I'm like, what would Adrian have had to do? He would have come in with the riff and had it turn into a song probably. Okay, there you go. Yeah, okay, that makes sense then. I, I wanted to ask that because I knew you would probably have a a, a better thing that I could, I just could, it wouldn't, it didn't sit with me. I couldn't figure it out. Um, but there's, okay. So there's a part like toward the end of this song, you know, where Bruce starts singing, they died with their boots on. Yes, they died. And he kind of wails mm. on it. And it sounds, I think that part is the best. That's the best part of the song. He sounds really good Gee. there. And that, yeah, that part sounds really good. And that's really where the song should end. But, you know, it kind of, you know, he goes, they died, they died, they died, dun, 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 dun. and it kind of, where that part, like it should have kind of ended at that. But instead, what happens? He starts going, no point asking. Like again, I'm like, really? And there's literally another 75 seconds of music after that part where he's really wailing and sounding awesome. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, how much longer is the song? Um when we get to that pre-chorus and the chorus, I just wish this song was over and I wish I was listening to something else at this point. I'm like, wow, way to, way to just destroy a great side one, end it with a turd. So uh, when the song ends, all my only thought is, I'm just so glad that song is over. <laughs> so, um, Kirsty, what do you think of this one? <laughs> oh, I like it more than you do. <sighs> and, um, but I, the thing is, I was thinking I didn't like it that much. And then again, when I saw the Iron Maidens a couple of weeks ago, they played this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, and I really, really enjoyed it live. So mm-hmm. it's going to have a bit of an effect on me. Let me um, ask you, can I ask you a question? What did the yeah. gang vocals sound like being sung by females? Oh, yes, yes, much better. Were, were they, <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, no, yeah, these girls can sing. Yeah. Um, it was. It's another more straightforward song again. Um, it's got a really nice intro. Yes. The verse has Bruce sounding a bit snarly here, but not in a bad way. I think he does it when it's more of a social commentary type song. And mm-hmm. the bass line in this song, as we've said about all of the songs, really, the mm-hmm. bass line in this song is excellent from start to finish. I think the no point asking bit is solid. Um, the chorus, I don't mind it. Um, for once, repetitiveness and gang vocals haven't totally ruined it. Um, they certainly don't enhance it, though. 
<laughs> Dave's solo with the bass under it is awesome. Yeah. And the dual guitar harmonies. And Adrian's lower notes on those harmonies are kind of buzzy. They've got a really nice tone. The bit where he sings they die with their boots on that you like the best, I think that's only okay. <laughs> of course. I think um, Adrian's solos sound incredibly composed here. Um, I think it's a nice ending yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I, I like it more than me. <clears throat> Oh wait! I was thinking when you were saying I like the ending. I was thinking about how it just ends. How it's how it's where finished. It, where I wish it would have ended. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> what about you, Matthew? I can agree with certain points with both of you, um, favorably with Kirsty. And I want as much as I want to disagree with some of your takes, Steve. Yeah. I've got to. I have to bring myself to say that I agree with the length of the track. It goes a little too long in exactly the manner that you were describing. That's one of the points that I'd put here. Okay. But apart from that, similarly, yeah, I do like the opening riff to this as well. And I think the Bruce sounds really good. Uh, his delivery is good. I like most of the vocals. I do also have a problem with the, the gang vocal, the ACDC like, well, ACDC.com like, if you're going <laughs> to die. Doesn't quite do it for me there. You know, like the wish.com version of some ACDC gang vocals. Something like that. <laughs> That's certainly something I wouldn't be sending off for. (laughs) You know, we've said it before, it's been said before, that they don't really pull it off. There's other tracks where they've tried the same thing and it just, it doesn't seem to work for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But They should never do it. (laughs) No, and I can't think of an instance where, oh, they've done a good job on that. There might be one, I just, it doesn't come to mind. Sure. Yeah, Dave's got a good solo in this, like Kirsty was saying. And the guitar melody, yeah, that lower melody that Adrian's playing is really, really cool. Um, I don't really have a problem with the track other than the the gang vocal and the fact that it just seems to go a little bit too long. Like After it comes out of Adrian's solo, yeah, they could have cut some of the length on that. Mm-hmm. But I think live, with all the harmonies and stuff in this, it'd still be good. I just... Um, I like it, but I can see the the faults within it as well, or perhaps a perceived okay. weaknesses within it. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. And so we flip the cassette over, and we get to side two, and we get to, I think, the first song that Kirsty ever heard by Iron Maiden called "The
Kirsty. What do you think of the yes. trooper? Well, obviously, um, I heard it and it completely changed my life. I'm writing the name on all my stuff. I'm going and <laughs> buying this stuff and buying the little postcards. So, of course, I love it. Um, it packs everything that's great about Iron Maiden into like four minutes and 12 seconds. Uh-huh. It's a song about a battle. It's got <laughs> epic d- dual guitar harmonies. In fact, like they're the main part of this song, really. Um, the song's got the famous Maiden Gallop, which perfectly suits a song about charging into battle on horseback. Mm-hmm. The solos fit together so well. Anyone can sing along to the chorus wherever they're from in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just um, an incredible song, and I never get tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go second on this one because I'm afraid for what might mm-hmm. come if I <laughs> hand it off to the other person right now. So I wrote down... This is the quintessential perfect Iron Maiden song. Uh, it's a great intro riff, even into an even greater dual lead line. You know, and the melodies in the verses are just perfect. They're so great. Uh, when you know the the dynamic of getting all the way to that, bah, 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 you'll take my life, but you know, with Bruce, just it, it's just so. You know, and you go to any, you know, you listen to any concert and it's like you can just hear the crowd going right along. Like you said, the the chorus is the best chorus ever with no lyrics, you know. <laughs> um, the the lyrics, I mean, are amazing in this song, you know, as Andrew brought out on the uh, Somewhere Back in Time that he did on it uh, and even showed more of what it was about. Uh, the, the chugging riffs. You know, when he's like, the horse we swept with fear, we break your run. And the, 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 just that whole, it's, it's so perfect. Like you said, charging into battle, that gallop is like perfect. It's like the way you would see a horse running, you know. Uh, the, the first solo in the song I wrote down is perfect. And it goes into a dual lead bit. And then the second solo is great too, I wrote. I said, and to echo what you said, uh, I, I wrote, it's a perfect song. It never gets old for me, so. So, uh, Kirsty, uh, should I ask Matthew what he thinks of this one or what? Should we skip him no, for this? No, don't bother. Just skip it. Okay. So yeah, track number that. six is still – okay, Matthew, what do you think? Do you really want me to see what I think? I, I think I know – I think you're going to go the exact opposite. I don't expect you to, to poo-poo on see, this. See, I was thinking I could have been like the runaway train in the middle where you brought it back on track, but you've nah, lost that chance now. Nah, now I can just run for the wall. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen here. No, you know what? I'll be honest – I suffer fatigue from this, sure. and that's all it is. But why do you suffer fatigue? Well, I'm a big boy. I can say that's because it's such a good song. It is a good song. It's it's iconic, whether it's a Maiden song mm-hmm. or within metal. Any casual metal fan is more than likely going to know this track. Sure. Um, the, the lyrics in this are really, really cool. Like, I was just thinking about some of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I could pick a... Anything out the verses, and it's all so good. You know, we hurdle bodies that lay on the ground, and the Russians fire another round. Yeah. We get so near, get so far away, we won't live to fight another day. Yeah. But that's just one little part. All the all the lyrics in this are awesome. Um, and I told you, I have started to come around. I, I probably like this. This has never been a favorite song of mine that I can remember. Uh-huh. But but it's there's no denying in the live environment. Two things. One, I don't want to hear this played live. Sorry, there's three things. One, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it played live. And two, if I do hear it played live, 
was like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you it's can't like help one. but get caught up in the excitement of it. Yeah. And three, it's, I don't know, let's just go with one and two. No, it's a good track. One problem I do have with it now, you know, and this is just within the live environment, I don't like the way Adrian's solos are played by him and Yannick, that mm-hmm. duel. But you know what? That's not at the time of the recording anyway. But Yeah, it, I'd kind of prefer that that didn't happen as well, I think. Yeah, I liked it when it was just the solo but is the solo. If you're there, if you're there, it's not a big thing. It's it's more when you're watching it back on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and I'd been watching some of their live albums and that, and that's where I was mm. like, oh, you, I can see all the crowd gets caught up and all this in the fervor of it all. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're just caught up. You don't you don't notice it. Yeah, think, oh, they're not going to. <laughs> no matter what Andrew thinks, they're not going to drop it. I think he was in the same boat where we just heard it too often, but there's no denying how good this song is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and just to close out the lyrics on that song, I mean, they're amazing. We get so close, near enough to fight. Mm-hmm. When a Russian gets me in his sights, he pulls the trigger and I feel the blow. A burst of rounds take my horse below. And as I, I mean, th- this last part is just, God, it's just incredible how great these lyrics are. And as I lay there gazing at the sky, my body's numb and my throat is dry. And this has got to be so many people that have died in war have probably had this next line in their mind. You know, as I lay forgotten and alone. I, I think about their ages, how old they were when they were writing these lyrics. But the other thing I think about too on these lyrics, it reminds me of Passchendaele, not just with the subject matter, mm-hmm. but the way in which it's crafted Yeah, and, and the way they've written it. There's, the lyrics are just fantastic. As I lay forgotten and alone, without a tear, I draw my parting groan. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Steve Harrison, 1983. I don't know what year he was born, but... Uh, I mean, he was—he couldn't have been thirty years old writing those lyrics. No, it just seems deep. It seems like you've had deeper life experience with something than what he would have really had. Yeah, like Patrick's yeah. just very well read too, which he—that's kind of what I think. He's very well read, and he, man, just you know, he just was a great lyric writer, obviously. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, amazing song. So yeah, I'm well, hold say fifty-six probably. By the way, what's that? fifty-six? Okay, so he would have been. I was going to say hold, hold that thought on. Hold that thought on him always being a great lyric writer, too. Well, I'm saying <laughs> he had written some great lyrics, you know. <laughs> Up until this point, yeah. He's Up doing until it. this point, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to prove literally within the same span of time that uh, that things can change very quickly. Um, but before then, the next track on this album is Still Life. Uh, and Still Life was written by Dave Murray and Steve Harris. Uh,
Kirsty, tell us about. Actually, you know what? I'll let Matthew. I know Matt. No, probably... no, no, no. Let Kirsty go because then I want you to do something. Matthew hasn't been first yet. Oh, okay. Well, can you do something for me? Can yes. you do the? Yeah, Uncle Steve. The oh intro. God! You want me to? You want me to? Do you want me to try to do it? You've done it before. <laughs> yeah, oh. do it. That was it's private. You. Oh, was that on a phone? <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. I just said we all have it in us. Oh God. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Hatana <laughs> nu. Winnie, 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 no. Snobby, sneeze, winnie, toot, toot. Sounds like you might be constipated. Thank you. Yeah, I might be having another. Uh, this is this is what I get on medical event here. Yeah, I've, I've heard it too. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. I knew he could bring it. <laughs> well, he brought it. He brought it and left it behind. Now, now the whole need, world knows. <laughs> now we just need. To hey, here, here's my challenge for everyone listening: pause this just for a minute and do it yourself. We all have it in us. It's just we all know it. It's all there. Whether you like it or not, we all know it. It's there. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. How about you do it, Matthew? Real quick, prove it to people that we have it in us. You know what? What do they say? Um... Oh God. Don't they do say, it. How about no? How about no? <laughs> yeah. Kirsty said we can't spend too long with nonsense. You don't. So you don't want to do it, Matt. Well, baby, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I think I've said before, once or twice or a hundred times, I am very, very fond of this track. Yeah. Um, so I know it's based on a short story because I remember James actually touched on this way, way back. Mm-hmm. We took the way back in time machine. I would know what it was. And I was going to look it up today, and I forgot. It was a Halloween episode, and his daughter <laughs> read it. Is it like Lady in the Lake or Lady in the Pool? Oh, okay. You mean the actual name of it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Lady in the Lake or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Could be wrong. Probably wrong. More than likely, but <laughs> best intentions. Yeah. But yes, some Murray magic. So Dave's penning something, and usually that means I'm going to like the track, which is exactly the case here. So I could have done without Uncle Steve and Nico's nonsense. At you just beginning. asked for it. You begged for it practically. Yeah, but it's just in case someone hadn't heard this track, yeah. then they might be going to listen to. Um, so this is another track. I wish they'd bring this back live. Uh, I really like the verses in this, and the guitar is awesome within this but i like bruce's delivery he's kind of he's mellower in some of the verses than what he is in some of the other tracks on this album uh the little nightmares part yes it does sound a little cheesy um but the delivery of one word i'll just let that slide it's not going to bother me at all (laughs) i I know it probably uh will get picked upon by somebody else it'll come up i'm sure that it would but yeah, I like the fact that he's a little subtle in places. It just gives the it gives us some variation a little bit more. The little robotic piece that he does, the peace of mind, or give me peace of mind. How does it go? You do it better than I do. Well, let's let you hear. Let's let you hear it. I'm I'm kind of parched right now. Let's let you hear it. Let's, let's see what you got. You go, go get yourself a drink. You can go get one of your um your lady mango drinks. margaritas. Yeah, that's it. I wish I had a mango margarita because <laughs> maybe that would. Give me peace of mind. Can I just give a shout out to Outback Mark who had that on his bingo card for today? <laughs> well done, mate. Good job. Did he have the uh, intro to Still Life on his bingo card? <laughs> I haven't seen his bingo card. And I want to see this bingo card because <laughs> I've heard nothing of it. 
That would be kind of a fun thing to actually for someone to create, wouldn't it? Yes, definitely. Maiden bingo. Like, guess uh, how many I'm things... Uh, Maiden's own bingo. Yeah, exactly. That'd be fun. So tick it off whenever I don't answer you. Yeah, that, that would be a bingo really quick. <laughs> 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 All right, Matthew, you done? Yeah, this is. I was going to say, this is one of the tracks where, for me, Steve's bass playing in this really stands out as well. And I like the guitar harmonies. Dave. So Dave, he's the man on this one. Mm. His solo, I think this one's on fire. I like Adrian as well. It, oh, hands down, I like the aggressiveness of his playing within this one. And this track is never a skipper. And as much as I like it on this, the Made in England version is a cracker as well. Okay. Back in the day. Okay. Anyway, how, how can you try and hurt me now? <laughs> Talk badly about this song. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm going to let Kirsty go first. Kirsty, go ahead, please. Okay, well, I'd like to pretend there is no backmasking because they don't include it live, so that means it's not actually part of the song. So <laughs> this starts with a beautiful bluesy intro, and uh, which means Dave co-wrote it, of course. Mm-hmm. And that intro, it's got a bit of a waltz feel on Made in England because of the timing, but on the studio album which is really calm and chill and i like the way it stays calm as bruce starts to sing gently and Mm -hmm. then it builds up the lyrics are great this is a really creepy story Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah the chorus is a little bit weak but the guitars really lift it actually um they're not my favorite solos ever but they're still very good and i like the way it ends now we rest in peace um yeah I, i like it Okay, okay. Uh, let's see here. I, I wrote down, I said this Nico intro like was probably really funny. They thought it was really funny when they recorded it. But I said mm-hmm. over time it just comes across as dumb. You know, you it, it's just, it's kind of like when, when um, you know, when the, I mean, think about it. The Trooper, this amazing song ends. And then what do you hear next? That thing, that imitation thing that I just did a minute ago. I mean, it's. It's just, you know, it's it's so weak coming out of so, something so strong, you know. Uh, of course, Dave Murray's solo to start the song is just very nice. It's very chill, uh, you know, and, and the, the little um, the little cymbal hits that Nico's, you know, doing to accent things at that, you know, during that part is really cool as well. Uh, I, I meant to say this a minute ago, uh, but this was influenced by... Ramsey Campbell's 1964 short story, The Inhabitant of the Lake. Mm. That's what I was, uh, it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, but yeah, the lyrics tell a very creepy story. I don't think I realized how creepy they were until Andrew's daughter, Bethany, <laughs> read them on the podcast. I just remember like hearing it and, and, and Andrew kind of, he sent it to me kind of produced up and and I mean it was awesome. It sounded really good. But I was like, golly, this is really a scary story. Which is what we asked people to do at that time, you know. Uh, but I, I said, I think Bruce, he seems to be telling it with a sense of fear in his voice and and like fear and urgency. Like he's kind of scared and he but he's trying to quickly tell you something that's scary that's going on, you know, like this, it's just something about it, you know, take a look in the pool and what do you see? You know, um, I'm sure Matt's waiting for the, uh, the, the big, the big letdown where I, where I quit talking nice. We start dissing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 
Uh, then, of course, after that, you know, Nico comes in with that really big, awesome, and that well, that's just an amazing, amazing, fun drum roll. Uh, you know, and the band's just chugging under the verses, and the melody in the verses is pretty good. Um, you know, in the pre-chorus, the the melody in the pre-chorus isn't too bad either. And honestly, the nightmares part is pretty good. But the you know that will give them peace of mind the way they. I don't. I'm. I'm you know. I'm sure Bruce tried to sing it kind of dumb, and then they also changed the you know way it sounded like they added the dumb effect i mean that kind of really ruins it you know he, he could have screamed out well give me peace of mind and it probably would have sounded really cool what does he do on uh made in england during that um part? he sings it in a it sings it in a pretty dumb way to be honest oh okay. like, like he tries to do it but there's no effect yeah see i don't <laughs> even I, I don't even remember how that, um, I, yeah but maybe that effect was like top tier at the time and it's just sounds well bad Looking back, maybe top tier at the time, but I can tell you what I wrote. I said, but, <laughs> and this is after saying, Matthew, that the pre chorus wasn't bad, the nightmares part was pretty good. But, and I quote, the will give them peace of mind part just sucks. Um, but great guitars after that, you know, there's great guitars after that. The soloing and the dual lead lines are really good. The music underneath the soloing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit after the solos, I love what there's that bit where Nico's going like, he's like, like, you know, that thing he's doing. His drumming is awesome on this. Yeah. That, that drum, that, 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 it really adds tension. What he's doing there. You know, he's like, I think he's saying like all my life's blood. Is that where he's saying all my life's blood is slowly fading away? No, no. Now it's time. And I know what I have to do that part. And that's when he's doing that. Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, so overall, I, I came away, and and this is not this is not my, one of my favorites, obviously, but I came away uh, appreciating the song more than uh, in the past. So there you go, Matthew. How's that? Now we rest in peace. Now we rest. In, actually, yeah, we that's good. I I can find peace with that. Yeah. Well, you're not going to find much peace now, Kirsty, because you have to tell us about. Quest for Fire. This song is just succulent. <laughs> you got half right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if this is the earliest example of an intro and outro that are exactly the same as each other and don't really fit the song, but mm-hmm. it's something that really took off after this day. Sure. Um, anyway, this one is rubbish. 
But then we get into the song, and I don't mind about the dinosaurs. All of the lyrics are really crumbs, um, clumsy, yeah. and the phrasing is awkward. And Bruce has to do a falsetto. <laughs> and I've read that he struggled to sing this because he was laughing so much. Really? Yeah. So even he knew. Yeah, he knew. And like Steve Harris, looking back, he said, it's not one of our best. So wait, And so that he, is true. Steve it's said that not, or Bruce said that? What? Steve so said it wasn't one of their best. So let me ask oh, you a question. That's interesting. It, yeah. It, Bruce was laughing while he sang this. Yeah, yes. we, we have an official dinosaur for my podcast that says this song is better than anything on, uh, what album was that, Matthew? Uh, seventh Son of a Seventh Son? Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Yeah, so, it, so it this song everything. here, better than anything. I'm, str- on... I'm going to struggle to get through this podcast without laughing. That's such a ridiculous notion. But yeah. anyway, look, I don't mind this song. It's not their best, but it's a bit of fun. Uh, the guitars sound pretty good. And yet again, the bass line is actually incredible throughout. Oh, yeah. Uh, another quick, quick, another question for you, Kirsty. Mm-hmm. If this song was on Fear of the Dark, how far from the bottom would it be as being the worst? Uh, probably be... Top sixth, tier? Sixth best. Sixth <laughs> best. Wow. Oh, that's, that's still pretty yeah. high. That's telling. Yeah. That's telling of how bad an album, uh, that other album must be. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry exactly. to interrupt. Go ahead. Kirsty, yes. Oh, I thought you were done. Are you done? I'm done. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't. Mean, I, I thought I lost you for a sec. No, without a warning, <laughs> that's what I was waiting. Uh, yeah. Matthew, what what do you think of this song? To think where it would fall within uh, Fear of the Dark. Um, I I told you. I think I don't know if it was earlier today or during the week. I forget when. It, this is a low hanging fruit to bag it this is. song. It's so easy. But I tried. And I say tried because I tried to be really objective about it. Mm-hmm. So if I was to, if English wasn't my first language, <laughs> maybe I would enjoy this song. If English was about my third or fourth or just unknown, maybe, <laughs> maybe if I was one of these cavemen walking around with the dinosaurs, I could have appreciated it more. So just take the lyrics aside. It's, I'm not going to say it's nonsense, but. They're not very strong, I'll just say that. Well, what do you think about the melodies? What about the melodies, that's, though? That's where I was going to get to, though. So oh, okay. Like, you know what? The vocal melodies, yeah, I don't like those either. <laughs> so they're still not doing anything for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really care for Bruce's singing in it. I don't like much of his delivery in it. So it's interesting that you mentioned Where Eagles Dare. You wouldn't mind that as an instrumental. Okay. And that was one of the points that I thought about this track. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I don't mind the music. This has actually got some really little, there's some nice passages in here. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some good stuff. But I've got to listen to all all of the other stuff. Basically, mm-hmm. Bruce. If I took Bruce out of this, I could enjoy this a whole lot more mm-hmm. than what I do. Now, do I skip it? No. But there's a reason I don't skip it, and it's because I don't play this album very often. <laughs> and it's because it tracks like this. Yeah. yeah. So... But you know what? I think that if you said sixth or seventh on this, on Fear of the Dark, that's pretty lofty. I don't think it would reach those dizzying heights. I mean, I think it'd still be. Do you think it would be the worst song on Fear of the Dark? No. Okay. That's telling enough. It is. That's telling enough. Because it it does have positive musical elements to it. I'm not going to diss the whole song. 
because the music in this, you know, it's decent, it's solid enough. It's not outstanding, but it's still mm, yeah. can it can almost hold its own without falling over. Mm. Lyrics, different story, vocal delivery, different story. Yeah, I, I don't even really feel that way about it. I, I like the intro that, it's like like Kirsty said, it's, it's really not there. What purpose does it serve? I don't know. It's okay. <clears throat> it's interesting for a second, but then that it's like it's just plodding along, you know. And then you get <clears throat> not necessarily that the you know I'm not even going like you said with the with the dinosaur vocal the lyric. It's like it's just the melodies in this song they suck. the The vocal lines, the melodies suck. the um, The chorus sucks pretty bad. Um, here, let me let me actually read what I wrote instead of trying to just remember it from memory. Here, I got. Let's see, uh, decent intro, then the chugging and crappy lyrics, along with a crappy melody in the verses and chorus. One of the worst ever by Steve Harris. The chugging under the crappy verses and lyrics is pretty good though. Not <laughs> sorry. <laughs> nice, nice bass playing. Surprised this one got by Martin Birch, honestly, because you think about that. A lot of people think that, you know, stuff that comes out nowadays is too long or, well, if Martin Birch was there, he wouldn't have let it go by, right? Martin Birch was there for Fear of the Dark, too, though. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think he was on his last legs. This is when he was in his prime. <laughs> Look what's, I mean, not his last legs, but, you know, he just, he, they say Martin Birch was kind of just He was like, ready to retire. Yeah. So this is when he's, he just did Number of the Beast and Killers. He's the third album in. He's still on fire with these guys. Listen to the rest of the album, if you don't believe me. How did this get by Martin Birch? How did Martin Birch not go to Steve Harris and go, Steve, the last album you did was eight songs. I think it might be a good idea for this album to be eight songs. I, and I got one to get rid of for you. And, and I mean, Or Steve. It's like, if you do something, I mean, Steve knows when he's written a really great song, I'm sure. But he's also got to know when he's written a pretty bad one. I mean, did he not have yeah, enough but, self-awareness? No, I think he does always know. But self-awareness would tell you that this one was just terrible. Um, so let me let me mention a couple of good things about the song, though. I said uh, the musical section after the chorus leading to the soloing isn't bad. Mm-hmm. And I said the soloing is pretty good. And I said the best thing about this song is it's short. <laughs> so, uh, But funny enough, it's not the shortest song on the album. So, um, I, I think the funniest thing about this song is that Aldina reckons that this can be Seventh Son, and I would want to know why he thinks that this is better than any other song. So, you mean to tell me? You're, I Matt, don't mean to. Matt, let me understand what you're saying here. You're saying that there's a person out there that thinks Quest for Fire is a better song. I, I need some yes or no's here. A better song than Infinite Dreams. Yes. A better song than Moonchild. Yes. A better song than Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Yes. A better song than The Evil That Men Do. Yes. A better song than Only the Good Die Young. Yes. A better song than The Clairvoyant. Are you picking up what I'm putting down yet? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think I, I am picking it up. Man, um, let me I add, think he's he has to be tongue-in-cheek. And if he's not... Yeah, he, I can't believe that he really thinks that. Surely not. Surely, either that or... He, I mean, and, I, I, and, and no, no offense when I say this in any way. 
the, the dude might have had some kind of a massive brain injury at some well, point. Well, it's funny you say that because I was I was about to say or hearing sincerity. loss before Seventh Son came out. You know. Well, in all sincerity, if if he's happened to have a, a head injury, I'm not making fun of you. Absolutely but not. You, but if you haven't, then explain yourself. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't, no don't one, worry. No one, he's going to no, be explaining. Sure we'll hear from him. Yeah, we'll be hearing from him after this. Name one other person that would die on this hill, because I can't <laughs> think of anyone. <laughs> With their boots on, no less, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what, he took his boots off, and I don't know, I think he's running around naked. He died forgotten in a lane. <laughs> he's, he's running around naked like a crazy person on a football field, trying to get away from the police you know, in the he's middle of a game. because all his mates have left him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Having so, said that, yeah, explain yourself, please, Dean. Yeah, having said that, you know, he is the official dinosaur of Uncle Steve's Iron Man Zone for a he's, reason. He's the dinosaur. The dinosaur. Yeah. The dinosaur. The no, diosaur. He's, he's, made, he's made loving this song his whole personality. <laughs> on yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, Andrew was called the Weekend Warrior because that that was a way you could call him. You can't call him the Quest for Fire. Maybe he is the Quest for Fire, so I don't know. <laughs> but either way, either way, let's get to the shortest song on this album. Uh, and that is Sun and Steel. Kirsty, what do you think of Sun and Steel? It's a very poppy song with a wonderful, catchy sing-along chorus. And it's about the, sam- the samurai, Miyamoto mm-hmm. Masashi. But we don't get very much information on him because most of the song is the chorus and just the same <laughs> line over and over again. But I really love the contrast of the happy song and the lyrics, um, like, the lyric like take you and your blade and break you both in two but it sounds really happy yeah <laughs> it's yeah got um, a really nice middle section and a short solo with another dive bomb they really like those on this album yeah and such a fun song it would have made a great single i think and i think it would have gone down well live as well but i guess they had too many songs on this album to choose from so mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty positive about it personally yeah yeah so what about you matt well, I wonder if we don't hear very much about him is because he killed his first man at 13 and then just seems to have gone on a killing spree afterwards. So no one, there was no one left to tell anything. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because I used to think of this as a, a throwaway track until the last couple of years, to be honest. Like, I didn't mind it and I don't care that it sounds happy and all. Yeah, it's got an upbeat, I'm not going to say make you want a smile chorus, but it's a happy sounding chorus. But it's got that the gallop to it and all. But when I went down, and I've said it before, when I went down and saw you, 
mm-hmm. Steve, and we saw Made in Texas play this. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And it changed my whole perspective. And I was like, I think I could have really enjoyed this oh, if sure. I'd seen Maiden do this live. Yeah. Uh, so, but then they would have needed good backing vocals. <laughs> but, it, but the music in all is still good. I yeah. don't know. I think that this is. Um, I used to think there was two garbage tracks on this, and I was mistaken. There's only one, and it's not this. No, I like this. I like the guitar in this. I like the the speed of it all. Yeah, it's happy, happy sounding, but I don't mind it. I don't know. I don't really know how to talk about it. It reminds me of some of the tracks on Fear of the Dark, you know, the good ones, like um, Judas Be My Guide. I get that kind of feel from it. Yeah. But, good call, yeah, good call. Yeah, so so I like this, but it's not top tier like. It's definitely a, a reserve pick. Yeah, if that makes sense. It's not the greatest, but it's definitely not the worst. No, it's not a. It's not an unflushable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think it's got. I think it's a good song. Like you said, hearing it uh, with Made in Texas was really cool. Uh, it's got a quick intro. You know, nice chugging riffs and the it's uh, the lyric. The story is pretty cool, and you know, like you said, that chorus. You know, it's very happy, but it's sunlight falling on your steel. You know, which is basically killing yourself. Death and life is your ideal. Now, I'm I'm not the most smart person in the world, but when he says life is like a wheel, kind of what Roll, is it? means it's rolling on and on. Well, I get that. I know that he says that, but it's just. <laughs> It's, is it like the circle of life? That's what I imagine. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, but it, it, like I said, I'm not usually one for happy songs with big choruses and stuff too much, but man, I really like this one. Um, but I will say, to me, this song, Die With Your Boots On and The Trooper, all seem kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Although the quality, you know, in each one is very different. You know, which I would say, obviously, well, we'll find out how I rank them. It might be a surprise to some people where... The Trooper fits more. Yeah, I think it's quite a poppy album. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there's a dual guitar line that leads to the guitar solos, which I think is really good. Uh, The solos are good. The musical part coming back into the chorus works really nice. Um, And and then I wrote, Die With Your Boots On should have been this short. You know, it should have been a minute and a half or so shorter, I think so. But yeah, I do like this song a lot too, so. And that brings us to the very last track on this album, the 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 very odd closing track number nine. How many track number nines do they have <laughs> that close an album? Is What's this- odd about this? I'm not sure. No, no, no. The fact that they have a none, oh. they have the, you know they have a lot of number eights that are the closing track. So a number nine closing. If, if only they could have. If only one of these songs was just not as good as the rest of them, you could have ripped one off, right, Matt? Well, we we did mention that during the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes yeah, about five just, minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so track number nine is to tame a land.
You know what? I'll let Matt tell us about this one first, Kirsty, because I know he has a very special relationship oh, with this. Song, I was, so. I was yeah. hoping to, I was hoping to counter some of the things that you might have said. Oh, you want to go last? Sure. Okay, Kirsty, what do you think of To Tame a Land? Uh, I'm never really sure about this. Wrong. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, got, look, it's got a lush intro evoking sand, and you can even hear some wind, and it really sets that atmosphere. Mm. And then a really heavy chugging riff that's great, and the whole thing's really atmospheric, and it genuinely gave me the creeps the first time I heard it. And But I know that Steve, you're going to talk about the lyrics, which I also find very clunky. But then I thought, if they were singing about Aragorn, Galadriel, and Minas Tirith, I would probably love it. So this must have been awesome for fans of Dune. So what's that? What is that what you just said? Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay, okay. Continue. You know, I I went through my Lord of the Rings phase. (laughs) Anyway, those two verses um, with the words from the book are just a really small part. What about when Bruce sings the ruler of the stars at that, mm. at the end of that section, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and then the next section, it just sounds really majestic. Mm-hmm. And then the last half of the song, that's just music. There's no lyrics at all. Um, it all sounds awesome. Some sounds quite a lot like a classical guitar piece. that's famous. Um, I got it. doesn't really seem to go anywhere. So I've got really mixed feelings about this because I don't mm. play the album very often. And we did an album battle last year. And I thought I didn't really like this much. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to it and really started to appreciate it. And I said at the time that I thought it was better than Only the Good Die Young because I was so blown away by it that day. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't really wanted to listen to it again since. And I'm not sure I feel quite that way about it again now. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's fair. It's fair enough. Okay, Matthew, I'll go next. Yeah, I'll give you a pass to the curse for the most part. I thought you were going to diss this a lot. You kind of come back. You, you held my interest. <laughs> I stayed off Twitter. I was listening to you the whole time. So, <laughs> oh, so, gosh, I, was truly engaged. so I was truly engaged. Yeah, he'll, he'll be on Twitter <laughs> as soon as I start here. So uh, I'm going to go with my notes here, Matthew. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll read them. I'll try I'm to read them. I'm very passionate about this song. I do uh, like it's, this song it's, a lot. it's obvious here. So let's say you might you might be surprised, Matthew. You might be surprised. Yeah. I, I said, uh, very nice lead guitar with a nice tension building music to start out. Uh, you know, then the, the plotting beat comes in. Nice. The bass is very, very prominent still. So that tells you that if you noticed it at the first song, it ain't never went anywhere. It's been everywhere on this album. So it's, it's very, very, very much, no, very super noticeable in this one to me, even almost more so than some of the other songs. Um, Bruce is having to sing a little bit too fast. Uh, and the lyrics are only enjoyable if you like the Dune movie, I guess, or the book. You know, I can only... Uh, so so with that, let me let me get into some of these lyrics real quick before I say anything else. Just to so people will know what we're talking about. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Just some You're of the do, say them correctly. I'll do my best. Uh, let's see. Also, he's the king of all the land in the. He's the king of all the land in the kingdom of the sands of a time tomorrow. That's a pretty cool sounding lyric. Mm-hmm. Now this changes everything. He rules the sandworms 
and the free men or Fremen. Fremen in the land in a land amongst the stars. That's not the good uh, where he says the kingdom of the stars line that Kirsty referred to uh, of an age tomorrow. I don't really care for that second set of verse. Uh, he's destined to be a king. He rules over anything, everything in a land in the land called Planet Dune. That's okay. Body watcher is your life, and without it, you would die in the desert of the planet Dune. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still there. I'm okay. Um, without a still suit, you would fry on the sand so hot and dry in a world called Ericus. Now, now I'm starting to fade, Matt. Sorry. Uh, it is a land that's rich in spice. So now I'm getting bored. <laughs> The sand riders and the mice that they call the the muad dib. Are they actual mice, Matt? No, there's a. Let's just know. call them mice for now, Kirsty. Okay. Uh, he is the. Oh boy, I, I know that James taught me how to say this word, so you might be impressed with this one, Matt. Mm-hmm. He is the Quizach Hadarak. He is born of Caladan, which is a crappy rhyme, by the way, and will take the Gom Jabbar. Now I'm just like, I'm literally like, I could care less about the lyrics at this point. This is just stupid sounding, but I'm sure it's cool in the movie. I mean, I'm, and I don't mean to diss the Dune thing, you know, I mean, I like I said at the start, that's why I said, if you're a fan of Dune, these lyrics are probably like what Kirsty said a minute ago with those weird words that she was trying to, those, those, those sounds coming out of her mouth that didn't make any sense to me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if there's anything else kind of weird in here. Uh, you can read the next verse. Okay. Uh, he has the power to foresee or to look into the past. He's the ruler of the stars. That's the cool line that Kirsty talked about when he mm. sings it really well. Yeah, that bit's great. That's an interesting sounding line. Uh, the time will come for... Okay, that's the part where he kind of chills out on the or goes to a different sound. Uh, the time will come for him to lay down his crown and then the foe, yes, they'll be cut down. That's cool. Yes, you'll see he'll be the best that there's been. The Messiah, supreme, true leader of men. It's all right. Uh, when the time for judgment's at hand, don't fret. He's strong. He'll make a stand against evil and fire that spreads through the land. He has the power to make it all in. And Bruce wails on that last bit, too. Um, but let me get back to the uh, what I wrote down here, Matt. Uh, I, I, I heard you say but, and you lost me, because yeah. there is no but at the end of that. Yeah, there is. I, I was just that's, I, that was I was going through the lyrics because I said if you like Dune, you like the lyrics, and then I stopped. I didn't say anything else about the rest of the song. Um, I said I really, really like what Nico is doing on the drums, like where like I never ever noticed this, but there's a like when they're doing this set of verses, he'll do a, a snare hit one time, and then the second time he does a second hit, like he'll like done. I can't remember how it goes in my head. He is Keenan at the like he kind of was doing that. And I was like, I never really caught it. Or he's or he's like not just hitting the snare, he's hitting like a snare and a tom at the same time. It sounds it gives it a lot of dynamic. It sounds really cool. I really liked what he was doing there. Um and I've never noticed that before today. I was really trying to pay attention to the song because I thought because before we started this, I was like, um someone recently said to me that when they listen to a new album by Iron Maiden, say Brave New World or uh, Matter of Life and Death, that they immediately want to go listen to Peace of Mind. And the whole time I was thinking about doing Peace of Mind, all I was thinking was I would much rather be going and listening to another album than having to listen to Peace of Mind right now. So I was concerned with what I was going to say on here. So I really tried to focus and be like, you know what? Let me, this is still a good album. It's not, 
you know, it's not a crap album or it's not fear of the dark. Uh, I won't name any other albums right now. Cause I don't want to upset any other people, but, um, let's see here. Uh, where was I at? I said, probably upset enough already. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I said, um, the, the, the bass playing in the song again, it was really nice. Nico was doing a lot on his, his, uh, playing his toms. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, the section where Bruce comes in and he says, there, uh, there's a, t- a time will come to make it all in and all that, the way that whole set of stuff's going. I said, Br- Bruce sounds pretty good here in my opinion. And uh, of course he has the power to make it all in. I wrote, that was a great, uh, the lead into the next bit uh, with Nico's great. The next musical section though, uh, you know, where it, where it says he has the power to make it all in and it kind of, kind of a big build up, And then it gets into that part where it's, where it's like the bun, 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 that like that. Obviously, that is the that that's the uh, what did I write down? I said, um, I said, I said, when all that finally kicks in is when you really get the payoff in this song. Like that's yeah. that's when it all it's just like an amazing musical. It reminds me almost. It doesn't maybe not because of the song, but of the way the red and the black is. Like you work up to that one part where all the singing goes away and it's just music and it's amazing for the whole rest of the song. The but, red and the black, one of my least favorite songs. No, no, no. But the you know, we're talking about the musical section. Mm. You know, you like that. We've we've had that discussion. So um, well, we did. Yeah, maybe maybe I forgot. You know, I'm not the I'm not the uh, historian no, no. here. But I wrote Steve's. I like ba- it more than the first half. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I said Steve's bass guitar, it's like a rhythm guitar because it's so high up in the mix. It's, it's as high as a, as a regular guitar line would be. And, um, you know, and then the breakdown where that dual lead line comes back in and then Nico just starts hitting the big drum, you know, them drum rolls and stuff, doing the stuff. And the song kind of starts winding its way down. And then it ends kind of those, like the way um, I hate to bring. I hate to compare this song to Quest for Fire, Kirsty, <laughs> but it kind of ends with the same type of intro that it had. That's the only thing it has in common with it. Mm, okay. Um, but, you know, and it has that really, really nice ending and the fade out and, and, and that's it. So I had one more line to say, but I'm going to save that for after we hear from Matthew. So what do you I think, know, Matt? I know what your line's going to be. No, 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 no. no oh, okay. I promise you don't. No, I really like this track. I always have. Um, now, having said that, I understand it's not a track without its flaws, and maybe I'm skewed because, or biased, I should say, because, you know, I read the books and seen the movie when I was a little boy, and it just kind of stuck with me. But having said all that, individually, the performances in this, I think, are standouts. Um, like Bruce's delivery of some of those lines, like he builds, I can feel the tension building, and maybe it's because I know the backstory that I see it a certain way. So I hear the tension building within his, uh, his delivery, but where he comes out, and we, um, Kirsty had said, you know, he's the ruler of the stars as one could part, but that final part in his lyrics, you know, he has the power to make it all end. And he holds, just holds onto that note. I love that. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. That Eastern sounding intro at the start, which was going to come back, you know, two, three or four more times throughout the career. Um, the guitar, like you mentioned, Steve's bass as well. He's all over the place in that midsection. Mm-hmm. It, like you say, that's the payoff. It all comes to life. Um, it's not a perfect album closer, mm-hmm. but 
to me, it's just really, really enjoyable. I think it's a really, really strong track. It's, hmm. I don't know how to put it. Um, it's not going to be one of their, their better epics. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just because I know the subject matter so much. Maybe that's just why I'm so passionate about it. Uh, but I'll give you, we talked about top se- top tier tracks and then the rest. A lot mm-hmm. of people are going to have this amongst the rest. I would let other people have their opinions and think that. That's very <laughs> nice of me to, to do that. Sure. But for, but for me, I really, really love this track. Never, ever a skipper. And I'm they, glad, glad they played it live. Yeah, I think it's a, I do think it's a pretty good album closer. I mean, especially for this album. It, it, it's a good album. It fits this album, you know? Uh, it, you just said, you just really kind of summed up this album in a very good way. The top tier tracks... And the rest. There's a consistency on in both almost, sides in, of a line. In almost everything. There's obviously, there's the top tier tracks, there's the rest, and then there's the pile of dog crap that should have not made the album. Um, I'm not even, even going to say that. Like, There's other albums where the highs are really high, yeah. the lows are really low. Sure. But that's, that's not this album. This album, the highs are high. Yeah. But even the lows, they're not... Okay, let's take Quest aside, mm-hmm. and they're not that low. They're still they're still very good. Yeah. And the only thing really wrong, okay, there's a lot wrong with Quest for five. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave that one out. Yeah, let's leave it out. So my question at the end of what I wrote there was, there's so many people. I, I see a lot of people. When you ask people what their favorite Iron Maiden album is, a lot of people name this. So I just wrote down. At the end of at everything, I just wrote, "Is this album a masterpiece?" I would say absolutely not. What do you got? Would you guys agree? It is or isn't, Kirsty? Um, it maybe it is, but it's Iron Maiden, and they've made a lot of better albums than this mm-hmm. as well. And Matt just said just said as much as we just said too. So, yeah, no, I don't think it's a masterpiece, not by any stretch. Yeah, okay, it's well. solid. It's solid, but it's not a masterpiece. I think people pay a, a lot, there's a lot more reverence for this than what I think there should be. Yeah, there's uh, when we do the when I did my song rankings, and I wasn't really sure because I think there's 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 a certain amount of of, of what I think are like top tier tracks on this album. I'll be honest. It's uh, it's literally the, the, I got four top tier tracks on this album. Um, I got maybe, well, I'd say maybe f- yeah, four top tier, maybe five, and then the you know, then you got three that are, you know, good, but not nowhere near the top tier, and then of course you know we know how it all ends so. Well, one thing, if I can just quickly add, so one thing I'd been thinking about during the week after I'd listened to this, so knowing the timelines of the band, so they had a a chunk of songs ready for a first album, they put all those down, mm-hmm. then they had leftover songs, then for their second album, mm-hmm. going into Number of the Beast, okay, most of that's new, mm-hmm. but then such a short time frame for all this to be written as well mm-hmm. is yeah. what I wonder if that kind of hindered it. But then the the counter to that argument, to my own argument, would be that just one year later <laughs> yeah, they would have they would have power slaves. So that kind of discounts that argument. Yeah, but it also doesn't at the same time. I well, think this and it's also growth. You know, they probably just they're still developing as songwriters, and mm-hmm. and they had probably long. I'm, I'm some of that stuff had to be written on the road. 
You know, they were on the road for so long. And you know they Steve was a worker. They don't say that, though. They say, no, we go to the album and it's all pressure for six weeks. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and maybe it is. And if it is, I mean, like you said, the results on the next album were, were, were better. So in most cases, in most cases. So. So, so I guess what we'll do here, guys, is we will... Uh, we will warn everyone to have a stiff drink and their uh-huh. blood pressure tablets. <laughs> yeah. A st- yes, uh, yeah, maybe have a seat, you know, maybe <sighs> have a vomit bag, be near a toilet, you know, all of those things, all of those things, especially... Dino. Put yeah. Dino back in his cell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hopefully Dino... Be like the, front, um, the album cover. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Dino's wearing a diaper when he's listening oh, to we, this. We didn't mention the album cover, what we thought of that either. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's mid. Oh. Where would you rank it if you were <laughs> ranking the album covers in order? Which which I have done. No, 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 no. In, in order of what we have so far. Of oh, the f- yeah. We only have four album covers so far, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I've dr- I drank that number four then. <laughs> okay. Do you mean like council? Oh, I don't even no, know. He, she, means, she means the yeah, work, the least I'd best. Say, I'd say I think... Um, Number of the beast, then killers, then Iron Maiden, then peace of mind. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, okay. But also, matter, Matt. Well, I now feel jaded. I was, I was enjoying oh. this album cover. Um, you carry on enjoying it. They're all good. Uh, I like the I like the simplicity of it, and I think it's a nice looking cover, and I think it pops. But then, yeah, if I really sit back and think about it, I'll put it at three, not four. You put the the first album below it. I would. Okay, well, that's fair enough. It's reasonable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we're gonna rank these, and uh, let's just start with number eight. I think we all know what our number nine is. I mean, are, are, there's no surprises here, right? Nobody is. There, there may have been a surprise, actually. Oh boy. Okay, Matthew. Let's go with number nine. I'll let you go first, Matthew. Okay. Questify. Kirsty. <laughs> Christmas fire. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with uh, Die With Your Boots On. Only for Matthew. Uh, okay. Um, look, nobody, look, there's no way I'd put Die With Your Boots On below this song. Come on. It's Quest for Fire, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just had to oh. throw that for Matthew because Matthew's I, trying to be. I thought that might, you might have had a moment of clarity or an epiphany or something and changed your mind there. I was giving you the benefit that. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, so uh, Kirsty, what do you have at number eight? Well, this is a song that, although very good, I'd rather hear all of the other songs. And I'm very, very sorry, Matthew. Oh. To Tamer Land. Whoa. Oh, that is not what I thought you were going to say. Oh. <laughs> Wow, I wasn't expecting that from Kirsty. Ooh. I can tell by the noise you just made. Whoa. What Kurt well Matthew, didn't she put Book of Souls really low a while back on some ranking we did that hasn't come out yet? <laughs> yeah, that hasn't come out yet. Yeah, it hadn't come out yet, but I remember uh she really Did you were drinking? Kirsty, I think so, yeah. I think she was drinking that one. Uh number eight. Matthew, wow! Can you recover? Do I need to go on number eight first before that? You need a second to recover. No, I'll be okay because I thought that your number eight was going to be the same as my number eight, especially when you described your number eight and said you felt a bit bad, and mine was Sun and Steel because I do like it and I feel oh, bad putting wow. it at that. Yeah. 
Yeah, this means we think it's a good album. Hey, if we like our number eight. Well, it's in my it's in a tier of its own mm-hmm. at the moment. Well, my number eight is definitely if I was gonna put two cl- tracks at the bottom, you know, easily I would put "Die with Your Boots" on at number eight. Oh. Matthew, you Sorry. should. Here's what you should be thinking right now, Matthew. Wow, he didn't put "To Tame a Land" down there. No, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking I wanted to make a change to something, but mm. something you've already said. No, 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 no. You can make any changes you like, and if you haven't said it, we don't know anything. I know. I'm not we very happy. Have. I'm not happy with my list, to be honest. Okay, well, uh, work on your list really, really fast while I ask Kirsty what her number seven is. My number seven is Die With Your Boots On. Okay, so we're close enough there. I'll go next. I'll go next. Uh, My number seven, uh, I hope Matthew has taken his meds today, Kirsty. Uh-huh. And I hope that he's sitting near a toilet. And I um, hope that, well, I know he's had a few stiff drinks, so yes. so he ought to be prepared for this. But, Matthew, I think this I think this one might sting a little more, Kirsty. Because, Matthew, my number seven. Are you sitting still, Matthew? In this life, I am. Oh, there you go. Still life is my number seven. But but you know what I consider that to be to me seven and up I think is everything is pretty solid, so it's not that's not really a diss on it because I I came away appreciating it a lot more, you know just just like I said this isn't an album I go back to very often either. Like I said I to to be very contradictory to the uh, last Iron Maiden story that came out I would when I listen to Peace of Mind I want to go listen to something new. Oh yeah, we had that discussion. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really. I hate to say it, but you know, I'm. Peace of Mind's never been like a go-to album for me by them. To me, it's always been like I'm saying my probably my number four and up is where this album's always been for me. Maybe eh, my number six would have been in there too, but and maybe Die with Your Boots On would have been in there just because it was on side one. I don't know, but uh, okay, so. Matthew, have you had enough time to alter your list? Yeah, I'm still not happy, but I would have at my number seven. Uh, I'll go die with your boots on. Okay. Ooh, a match. There you go. go. An unhappy match. I didn't really want to have it there, but. Okay. But you got to be real. That was my moment of clarity from here on in. You know, who knows what's going to happen. So, number six, Kirsty, what do you have at number six? I've got still life. Okay, okay, yeah, fair enough. That's close to where I have it. Uh, Matthew, what about you, number six? My my number six, I didn't mean to laugh. My number six is Flight of Icarus. Whoa. As as much as I like that song, it's it's where it is. Wow, 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 I wasn't expecting that. I know Kirsty wasn't expecting that. Kirsty, were you sitting down? (laughs) I'm sitting down, yes. (laughs) And you had a cup of stiff tea, hopefully. Kirsty just muted what she was really saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like I can't comment. I've upset Matt <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, number six. My number six, uh, It's. I wanted to put – I almost put this at number five. My number five and number six, I switched them kind of it – was, it, was, it was touch and go there. I wasn't really sure where to put them. But uh, I put number six, I put Sun and Steel. I I wanted it number five because 
back in the day, this was always a wish-washy album for me. I always was like, I really loved some songs. I skipped around on this album a lot. But I always liked Sun and Steel back, even way back when. It was always a a track that that, that I was uh, drawn to. So, so number five, Kirsty. You might think this one's a bit low as well. Um, I've got Where Eagles Dare. Wow, yeah, that is low. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected that at five. So. But that's you know, is what it is. So, so uh, Matthew, your number five. My number five also is Where Eagles Dare. Oh wow, wow, match for another match. Mm. That's my third match for Matt. I know. Well, and I, just before you announced it, I had made a change, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I was happy about that either. But that's the way it stands. Well, Matthew, I think you're going to be very, very pleased to know that at number five, I have to tame a land. Mm, there you go. Like you yeah. weren't probably weren't expecting it nearly that high, were you? Uh, no, to be honest, probably not. Yeah. I, when I listened to the album and I got to Sun and Steel and to Tame a Land, and I was like, I really like, I've always liked Sun and Steel. It's a fun, easy, quick song. But I was like, there's there's enough in to Tame a Land, you know, with those the lyrics that I don't really understand aside. I don't have to understand the lyrics to, you know, the the song is good is strong enough on its own. I think uh, to, to to give it that. So I thought, yeah, you know, this, there's a lot of great music in it. So there is. So, I was I was just thinking. In a way, it reminds me. Well, it doesn't remind me of because this came first. <laughs> but it makes me think of Alexander the Great, but better. Okay. Say that. Yeah. Sure. Same sort of flavor. Mm-hmm. So we are now at what for me are going to be the 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 four most top tier tracks on the album. Well, obviously, but I mean, to me, I feel like these are all a level, a notch, a notch, a good notch, better. So. So, okay. Kirsty, what do you have at number four? Wow, surprised to have it this high, but the sun and steel. Wow. Mm. Wow. That really is high. I didn't notice you hadn't put it then. Yes, wow. That's really high. Matthew? Can you remind me, is this our favorite songs or best songs? I mean, to me... Um, what, I'm it, doing favorites. Yeah. Good, because I've got Trooper at number four. That's okay. Okay, well... I know that everyone out there is, I know where this song is going to end up and where everyone else would put this song. Sure. From Maybe. Me. But that's not me. Maybe. Yeah, I don't really know because I, we have... Kirsty well, has, has her go. leanings, you know. She has her leanings within the Iron Maiden camp, so... But I still think I can predict her current... I think I've got her 3, 2, and 1... And they're not going to match mine, <laughs> but mm. but I think that uh, I think I know what her three, two, and one are going to be. So uh, for me at number four, and it, I think this one might surprise both of y'all a little bit too. Uh, at number four, Revelations. This one, mm. I was Didn't really see that coming. Yeah, I was really surprised when I when I when I put it that low because I I kind of just as I listened to it and listened to the other songs and I just thought. I can't believe I'm going to put this at number four. You know, if we were going, but just by poetic lyrics alone, then it would probably be, eh, I might go number two. I would probably still. Oh, rank. I'd say it's got the best lyrics on the album. Uh, I'll say, I think my number one has the best lyrics on the album. I won't say what it is yet. I don't want to give away the surprise. Sure. <laughs> 
Uh, Kirsty, what do you have at number three? Fly to Icarus. Did you get it? No, I did not get it. That is not what I had guessed. Matthew, what about you? Well, do you want to take a step at my number three then? The Flight of Icarus. You would have been right if we had gone back in time oh, to no. number six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not paying attention. <laughs> no, but as we didn't. No, I'll just. I don't remember, never. man. Too many songs. To Tame a Land at number three. As much as I like it, okay. like, oh, it's hard. I don't know. I feel really that's good about number three, but that's the way it is. Now, the biggest thing for me there is that you still have it over the trooper. That's kind of a. that's. That's going to be a hard one to get over there. but uh, Well, when I said I switched songs before, I had Trooper at five and Where Eagles Dare at four. And just before Kirsty said Her Eagles Dare at five, I had just made that switch. So I, I'm starting to notice that I've never thought about it, but when I say all of these titles, I always immediately think of how Bruce says them on, yes. on that, on the uh, Live After Death. After death. So at number three, I have The Flight of Icarus! Even though you don't like that particular version. No, I just, it's the intros, it's the words, it's, you know, speak it's to me. It's the or, song you know, that brought him into Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... It's, so uh, it's got sentimental value as well. Well, the, uh, yeah, but I'm not, he's talking about the Live After Death version, though. He, yeah. I, yeah, I, I just like the things that they say on the album, you know? You know, speak to me. Lo- uh, no, he says, scream, scream for me. Launch, uh, what does he says? Speak to me, Hammersmith. You know, that one time he says it on, I think it's side four. Whatever that is, that's good. Uh, I, yeah. used think, I used to think he was saying Hannah, like a girl's name. Oh, he's a Hannah girl. Smith when I was yeah, he, he was looking right at her. Speak to me, <laughs> Hannah Smith. It's a girl that shunned him for years. And he finally thought now he was on stage. He was going to have his work, his uh, moment in the sun. That was it. Mm-hmm. Speak to me, Hannah Smith. <laughs> Oh, Matthew. You never looked and uh, saw that they recorded it at the Hammersmith? Uh, I probably didn't cross my mind. I really don't you know. You thought they recorded it in Hannah Smith's backyard? Could it be? That is gold. Maybe she <laughs> number 22 and, I don't know, had a green door and some uh-huh. hooks. Who knows? The only thing that would be better is if Matt <laughs> said he had a girlfriend when he was younger named Hannah Smith. <laughs> that would be that would better. Be cool. That would have worked. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt would have been at school. He would have walked up to her and gotten her ear. <laughs> speak to me, Hannah Smith. Speak to me. <laughs> Why won't you speak to me, Hannah Smith? That's exactly. Why won't you speak to me? Uh, so I don't know if Kirsty caught that, but that's a match for me and Kirst. We have three and nine so far. Of course, mm. we all have nine. We're all going to have the yeah. same nine. Yeah, not, yeah. We, we knew we'd have nine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, wow, that brings us to number two. I was really yeah. surprised at my number one and num- or my number two because I didn't think it would get nearly that high. But um, Kirsty, what do you have at number two? Revelations. Okay, so I had my I had your three and two swapped. Mm-hmm. I thought you. I figured I figured you would put Flight of Icarus higher than that. So okay, fair enough. Matthew, uh, my number two is still life. Whoa, that's kind of my number seven. I think Kirsty's number six. Six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. My number two is, is, uh, I couldn't believe it got as high as it did, but it was Where Eagles Dare. Yeah, you sounded like you were really into that. Yeah, just, it's, it's so great musically. It's just, 
Now that you've read the lyrics, whole new appreciation. <laughs> uh, that the lyrics didn't help or hurt in any and, way, and especially as you're a big fan of the drums. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listening to it, it's 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 just one of those songs where sometimes the lyrics can ruin a song, but sometimes the song, you know, me, the song's so good musically that the, and the lyrics aren't, you know, the, the lyrics weren't. They would have had to write like a kiss revenge song or maybe, maybe like uh from here to eternity lyrics or something on there to, or hooks and you lyrics to kind of ruin that one for me. So sure. no offense, Matthew, but uh, I'm taking uh, Matthew. What is uh, Oh wait, sorry. We're at number one. Um, Matthew, what do you have at number one? Uh, it was a surprise to me to have this, uh, but I went with, Metal Melissa's favorite oh, revelations. Okay. Okay. I, well, I just thought about it. You know, these are fluid lists. They change from day to day and whatnot. Yeah. But I, I just started thinking about the lyrics and how much I like all the music to it. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start there, number one. And and I'm, I'm, I hope this is gonna work, Matt. I hope what I'm about to do is gonna work. It's gonna take, <laughs> it's gonna take some audience cooperation because Kirsty, will you please tell everybody? The same way Bruce tells us on Live After Death, what our number one is on this album. This is a song from the Peace of Mind album. This song is called The Trooper. There we go. Right. I tell you what, though, the intro to that song is awesome to the trooper. Oh, yeah. The yeah. drum. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's Actually, awesome. The drumming on this is really, really good all the way through. It's very solid. Very, very solid. So, you know what, guys? This is the first time in a while. Uh, like I said, we didn't. I don't think we reviewed an Iron Maiden album last year, so kind of kind of weird for an Iron Maiden podcast. But now we've got this will be our second this year, right? Yes. And we'll have to figure out. I uh, have some ideas as to what the next one could be. Huh? And live after death, we did discuss that. So, uh, with all of that said, though, uh, I always would say to both of you, I, I I'll never not say it. I really appreciate both of you guys' time. Uh, I appreciate your friendship. Uh, I really value it and I uh, love chatting with you guys. It's one of the highlights of uh, my every other week whenever we get to have this uh, chatting time and talking about the music we love. So thank you, Kirsty, and thank you, Matthew. It was well, a pleasure. I noticed yeah. you didn't say thank you for our opinions. You appreciate them. Oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> it's a, you it's just a, have to put up with them. To get to talk to us. That's there's right. A line, there's a line in the sand. There's top tier, then there's the rest. Yeah. When it comes to Matt Kirsty, it's more like Quest. The Matt face Quest. in the sand. <laughs> the face in the sand, Matthew. That's from an album you're not very aware of, but you're gonna get well, a yeah, little more aware of it later this year. Yes. All <laughs> right. So cheers, guys. Cheers. Good yeah. night.